whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. All right, here we go. Vegas Hockey Holland, AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Glad to be with you on a Monday. It's like football's great, right? Yep. It's great football's back. Today it's like, oh, wait a minute. Hockey. Right. I mean, I mean, we're, we're in, right? We're all in. Less than a month away. But it's like, it's like. It's a reboot to get to the hockey after right. getting the NFL going. Right. And we it, got the Monday night game. It is. And and it's also weird right now with hockey. We're not talking about players and teams and whatever. We're talking way more about the COVID-19 and how that is going to affect this National Hockey League season. We had a Blue Jackets assistant coach said, no thanks, didn't get the vaccine, bye-bye. So, so he left the team. Yeah. I, I saw something to do. With, with Columbus and, and coaching and COVID. Um, so, and now, you know, what, what are the protocols for this season? Um, might we lose a player or two like we just lost this assistant coach uh, for Columbus? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to expect this season uh, in, in relation to that. I, I am almost positive there's going to be some players miss some games with this thing. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna see that with football. We, I mean, okay, the Jets, right? Crowder, right. wide receiver, thought he was gonna be back. Whatever they they ruled him out. I mean, the thing, you know, the crazy thing with the COVID stuff is not everybody bounces right back from it. Right. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, hey, they're asymptomatic. It wasn't that bad, hopefully, but. Again, I mean, all the unknowns here, how long and lingering something like that is. And, you know, it's different when you're playing football once a week. These guys are playing three, four games a week in hockey. Right. And also, what impact will COVID have on attendance? In other words, each state has its own, and maybe even counties. We saw that with the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Each jurisdiction has its own rules for how many people can attend a game. All right, let me take care of a couple things real quick. We know Terribles did the VGK game day giveaway uh, when they were home. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was. Well, they're doing it for the Raiders. $1,000 game day giveaway, Monday Night Football, Raiders, Ravens tonight. Check it out. Terribles all around town. So I'll go spin the wheel and probably win another coffee. That's what I see more <laughs> well, often than you it. Win something. It's a yeah, co- yeah, no, 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 it's a coffee fine. you didn't have when you it's walked fine. in there. It's fine. So that means everyone else listening should go spin the wheel because I'm not going to get the thousand. So it's open for you guys. Oh, their odds are better. Yeah, you, you're going exactly, exactly correct. John Smith subs 9701 West Flamingo because it's Monday night football, Thursday night football. You go in there any football garb on, twenty percent off. So you want to get a boatload of subs, hook yourself up, sit home if you're not going to the game. Eat good, save some bucks. I think I'll go in there in the short pants. And they are going to be going, what? The short pants, the football short pants. Uh, I think the leather helmet's a better look. <laughs> okay. Don't do that to people. People are trying to eat food. They don't need to see your legs. Put the 
Put the helmet in. Put the helmet on and go, oh, this poor guy. Maybe maybe somebody will buy you a coffee there. All right. <laughs> you can win a coffee and someone will buy yeah. you a coffee. I'll be all jacked up. That'll be great. <laughs> on the Mountain Dew. <laughs> and then over at Oasis, John and the gang wish them luck. New season, Monday Night Maniacs. And they're going to be giving away. We dropped off a boatload of uh, Kenny White Power Rating magazines. So they're going to have all kinds of swag they're giving away. Walk in there and get yourself a football magazine, forty nine fifty five, South Decatur. All right. Diving into the hockey, we turn to one of our favorites, and the listeners have told us they love Mike Lewis. He's got so much information, digging deep on the prospects and all the goodies. Mr. Lewis over at the Suncoast, the corner of Alton Rampart. Yes, we're talking hockey, Michael, but we got a big Monday night game. What was the weekend like with the NFL getting back up to speed? Oh, the weekend was uh, was very busy, and it, it was good to see uh, people back in. And uh, you know, it was it was a good week of football. And uh, you know, the crowds were uh, much bigger than they were last year. And uh, it's good to see that uh, we're starting to move a little forward. I say this in a loving way because I'm really good friends with Mike. Mike has the personality of a firing squad, but he has a very dry sense of humor, and. I, I sent him a text yesterday and go, hey, man, at least there's a great reply. I said, at least your Lions didn't quit. And Mike replies, they'll be putting that on a banner. <laughs> <laughs> just, just another year, Michael. Yeah, just another year. You know, it's, uh, uh, I guess the only bright spot is uh, next year we'll actually maybe have a brand new franchise quarterback to uh uh, play behind the line. Cool, because I don't like the one you got currently. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's not Mike's fault. I hey, mean, what, I, what, what did you make? What Stafford looked like? That was pretty impressive. No, you know what? Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback, and uh, you know anybody that blames him for uh, not getting Detroit over the hump uh, doesn't really know the game. I mean, he's a great quarterback. Uh, he can't catch the passes. He can't, uh, you know, he's not the running back, and he definitely doesn't play defense. So, you know, he does his job very well. Uh, Detroit's defense doesn't do their job very well. And, you know, I saw that their uh, number one pick from last year, uh, once again, is out for the rest of this year. Uh, so that's two years in a row that Jeff Okuda uh, is going to miss uh, uh, basically the whole season with the season-ending injury that he received yesterday. And I'm not sure it was the butt lashing that he received from his coach either. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you always do the deep dive uh, on the hockey side of things, anything you can, you pick up anything of no us throwing it to the guest, but you're so deep on the prospects and stuff. Any any little hockey nuggets you, that caught your eye recently? Well, the good thing is, uh, you know the the prospect uh, practices and tournaments all start this week because next week uh, training camp starts. You know, it's 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 right there. So uh, I know the the big uh, prospect tournament in Traverse City, with uh, I believe the Red Wings are in it, and the Stars and Maple Leafs and Blue Jackets. That starts on Thursday. Hey, Mike, so here it's, uh, they do it all over the place. It's, it's down in Arizona. Obviously, we know about yep. that for the Golden Knights. I know Buffalo's always done one. I think it's usually. Uh, Pittsburgh and Jersey, and I'm trying to. Usually, there's one other I'm missing, but yeah, no. I love these these rookie uh, prospects thing. I think that's a kind of a nice little addition and wet your whistle for the start of camp in the season. 
Yeah, and it's also good to see, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the guys that you just drafted uh, and guys that are going to be, you know, maybe the first year in the AHL level and also guys that are going to be trying to crack the the big team's lineup. It's it's, it's it's always good to see. It's no joke, right? I mean, mean, some prospect could go in there and really light it up and feel good about himself, kind of get a running start before camp and – I think these things lead to a handful of these kids making rosters that maybe wouldn't have if they weren't playing in these things. Yeah, and it's a, you know not only roster. I mean, it's, some of them are fighting for an AHL job. You know, they may not ever make it up to the NHL, but you know they're out of uh, they're you know they're too old to be on their junior teams anymore. So they're looking for a place to play, and you know teams have to fill their AHL rosters out also. These games are so available. You, you see, I'm sorry yeah, to cut you off, Mike. See, These games are available yeah, on the internet. Uh, some games will probably be out there. Yeah, on, on the internet on on either the host city's website or the or the team that's that's playing their website. You'll you'll, you'll be able to find them. Who who should we be looking at in your uh, estimation as far as the Knights go in this rookie camp? Who who might make a big impression out of there in your opinion? Well, I think you're going to look at. Uh, some of the guys that we, you know, we're always like, when are this, you know, when are they going to make that run to, to be on this team? And, uh, you know, the guys that you think are going to be there uh, sooner rather than later, they, you know, they really have to show something in the, uh, in the prospect tournament. Cause if they can't beat, uh, you know, if they don't stand out against kids, their own age, how are they going to stand out against uh, NHL players? Hey, Mike, so, Mike, let's cut to the chase, bud. I mean, if you think about it, I didn't. Maybe and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but did anybody see Kolasar coming out of the gate last year? No, no, nobody thought that uh, he was going to uh, start on the uh, on, on the big team. So you know, that was a that, that was a little surprise. I I it, it, I you know. When, the development camp again. This stuff you got to kind of pay attention to, and I've found some stuff. I'll never forget that first development camp for the Knights. Kolasar was one of the guys that really stood out to me, and then and then he kind of backslid a little bit, and then last year he well, steps on the ice. And I would love fantastic. to. You know what? If, if we ever get that chance, I would love to ask Tuck that if you think about it. Okay, he was a, a high end prospect for the Wild. But I wonder, Mike, if the run and start he got in that developmental camp, because Tuck went in there and you know, he was like the captain of the whole thing. He and Kolasar, you know, were really, really good. But I wonder if that thing didn't jumpstart him. I, I don't know. Do, do you think? I don't know. Do you think it was a given that he was going to be on the opening night roster, or, or he took off from the developmental camp? Well, I think it, what he showed at the developmental camp is how. You know how he was—he was—you know—he he was more ready than the rest. Uh, he was older, uh, bigger, faster. So I mean, I think he—it it proved to the Golden Knights that hey, you know, this guy—he may be a prospect, but uh, it's only by name that he's ready for the big—the uh, big time. And, and one thing that this will—this will do—it's you know, a lot of these guys may not make the team. But what it does is they get extended looks uh, with the big team during uh, training camp and preseason hockey games. You know, if you don't stand out in the prospect tournament, odds are you're going straight to the AHL camp. Or if you, you know, you're one of the elites in the uh, in the prospect tournament, 
uh, you're probably guaranteeing yourself uh, at least one or two preseason games against the big boys. And well, we all believe this, that he's a part of this and a big part of it, but how important is it that Krebs, if he's going to play in this thing, you know, doesn't take this thing for granted that Krebs goes in there and and he really looks the part, I mean, like beyond noticeable at that level against his young peers. How important it is, is it for him to have that jump start to training camp? I think it's huge, especially, you know, he, he, you know, he was going to make that run in the playoffs, we thought, until they had injury. We want to see, make sure the injury's gone. And uh, even though it was, you know, his jaw, it should be, uh, you know, it, it's not going to hamper his skating or anything. But, you know, I, I think with Peyton Krebs, if he goes out there in the first practice, maybe the first prospect tournament game and plays the way that we think he can play, uh, Peyton Krebs prospect tournament might be over after one game. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that's one thing about the, the guys that, uh, you know, you think are right on that verge. If they go uh, in the prospect tournament and they, they prove they're just head and heels uh, above these guys, there's no reason to play them in three, three prospect tournament games. Uh, you know, if, if you've seen all you like in them in practice in maybe one game, uh, we'll see you next week at the big, turn, at the big uh, training camp because, you know, you don't want to risk injury, especially on a prospect tournament. But it's big for other guys, you know, someone like a Caden Korzak that's going to be there. Uh, you know, if he plays well, Korzak could get uh, a couple of, you know, preseason games with the Knights uh, when the preseason starts. So I think it's big for uh, the young kids to, uh, you know, separate themselves from prospect to, uh, hey, I'm knocking on the door this year. I'd, l- I'd like to see Korzak against the, the NHLers and, and, and see how he performs right now against them and see see what he needs to work I on. I think he could well, – no, I hear you. I think he could really make a name for himself. I think he's close. Yeah, I, I, I get that feeling too. But I, I want to bring up a name from the past, Mike, and, and, and see get your feelings on him. I felt the same way about Lucas Elvenis when I first saw him four years ago uh, uh, with the prospects. And, and I don't – I don't know now. I'm not sure what's he missing, Mike. I, he, right now, he feels like a career AHLer. Is, is is he? Is there something missing there that he'll never get to the NHL level, or is it something that he can work on to get to the NHL level? Uh, well, I think he just got to keep plugging away. The one thing about Alvenas, uh, I don't think he's got. Uh, you know, when when you're looking at someone's game, you know, you can say average, above average, exceptional. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a lot of it is average. He does everything good, but nothing great. And uh, you know, I think he can I he, can he, I? He may be a he might be a, a career AHL. I don't know. And, I, let me know, let me. But he could also he could also you know if if he can take one step in any any uh you know you know in his shot or improve his skating a little, he could, he could be a viable third line uh, winger. Uh, Stevie, I'm not bully me. It's Monday. Yeah. I don't have the energy. All right, and I, I ain't taking shots at you. No, but I agree with Wait, what Mike just said. But he's 22 years old. Okay, that's fine. He okay, does everything he, well. You've got it. But, but he's 22. But he's been here but four years. Tw- it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I, You're, he's growing up. I mean, Mike, some some of these kids, a handful of them are ready when they're 19. A handful of them are ready when they're 20 or 20. Some of them take till they're 23, 24. He's not a big guy. And oh, by the way, he happens to be in an organization. Where there's like you know he has no real shot no. yet he's in. This is what we talk about, and I'm not I'm, I'm not coming at you, 
But this is part of what we've talked about where the jury is out and let's see what they do in terms of the Golden Knights organization developing this kid. Well, but he's okay. only 22. That, I don't know. I, a career AHLer, I don't I'm not again, I'm not dropping an anvil line. I don't know that's fair. I'm just asking the question because here I, I get there's no spot for him here. I, I fully understand that. But what I haven't seen in four years is really improvement in any – again, like Mike said, when I first saw him, he was good at everything but not great at any one thing. And I, and I feel the same after four years. So maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it, you know the Knights have a real issue in developing these guys. Or maybe it is something with El Venice. I, I don't know. I was just asking Mike if he maybe saw something that but, I didn't see in the guy. Okay, but then let me and I'll throw Mike answer the question. But in fifty nine games with the Chicago Wolves in the AHL, fifty nine games. The kid had forty eight points. No, that's he's good. a notch below a point of a game player. Then last year, you know. That, that's the other thing. And again, Stevie, I, for, I don't feel like I'm. No, 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 it's fine. Coming at you. No, but I want you know, to. But but think so about. I no, I mean, yeah, this is not a love <laughs> fest. But no, no, I, I'm just. I'm, and I've not seen that much of him. I don't know how much you've seen, to be honest, either. We've seen, you know, samplings and yes, snippets. That's right. And everybody looks good on highlights. Yeah. But I would say this too, Mike. Thirty-seven games last year, six goals, eighteen assists, twenty-four points. You know. We should also take into account, don't you believe? So he's 22. So he's 19, 20, or 20 and 21 going through a pandemic. How, how much all that stuff derailed what these guys could do, Mike, from a developmental deal where there was consistency and certainty? I, I just wouldn't scratch a line through this kid yet. Well, I, I wouldn't scratch a line through anybody right yet. Uh, you know, I think he regressed a little bit from uh... – last year from when he was in Chicago the year before. Uh, you know, Chicago, when he was on Chicago, a very, very good team. He was minus nine. Last year, a very, very good Henderson team, and he was minus four. So I think he has to work a lot on that defensive end of his uh, game, too. And as you said, he's not that big. And, you know, sometimes that goes against you when it gets to a, being a two-way player. I, it, it just it just for me, again, in, in the first development camp, you see these guys and these guys stick out. And Kolasar stuck out. To me, yeah. and and Alvin so stuck out to me, right? Yes. And, and and so and now we have seen, but Cole, did, did he not, get to the NHL level, right? But he did take that next step. He went to the Wolves, had a great season. Mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I don't know that much about this guy. I mean, I, I guess my point is, who knows? Last year, what everybody was going through, then you know, you're playing this goofball schedule. You're playing, you know, the, your own division. What, Maybe this kid, I don't know, maybe this kid hasn't seen his family in two years. He couldn't get home to sweat. Who knows? Oh, all, that's, all of that is in play. I, th- I think the, the COVID issue is, is um, that's a very good point um, that you make. I, I just, I don't know. I, again, when I first saw him, I, I thought to myself, wow, there's something here. And now four years later, I, I haven't seen what, when I have seen well, him, just watching him play games, he looks like the same guy as four years ago. So, to me, in my mind, I'm going, well, he hasn't made any progress. Well, let me ask years. Mike, from a developmental aspect, okay, the Red Wings made the playoffs for 25 years in a row. All right? They're still, now they're finally, finally caught up. They're still trying to dig their way out of this. Eiserman comes in. All right, you almost start over again. But the one thing the Red Wings always had, Mike, was Grand Rapids. 
and guys that they developed and they had a way that they developed them and those kids were ready to step up and be impact players. What is it they did? What is it you think? I mean, I think the Golden Knights is such a unique thing because out of the gate, this team became an older, veteran-laden team that was a contender right out of the gate. So I don't know, from an organizational point of view in terms of developing players, what worked for so many years with Detroit that you think the Golden Knights need to do? Well, you know, if you're going to compare them or you want to know what Detroit did, you know, when you're getting a Datsuk, Zetterberg, Lidstrom, and none of them are first-round picks, a Fedorov, you know, you get these guys that you're not even using first-round picks. They're dropping in the in the draft, and you're picking Hall of Famers in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, that tends to help you a lot. Uh, you know, they, the Red Wings, the, the, you know, them days are over because everybody scouts overseas now. Uh, but Detroit had a stranglehold on uh, – on Swedish players and Russian players, because Hawken Anderson was such a great is a, such a great scout, uh, and he had the pick of the litter over there because he was scouting for him, and other teams weren't scouting over there yet. You know, you don't you don't get players Hall of Famers like that unless you're drafting high in the first round usually. And this team was able to do it year after year, drafting them in the second, third, and fourth rounds. Hey, Mike, what do you expect from uh, Dadnoff uh, this year with the Knights coming over? Uh, Third-line guy? How, um, and, well, and now, uh, unfortunately, you know, Tuck's going to be out for a while, so, so Dadnoff is even more important. Uh, how much scoring? Uh, what, what's he, is, does he even maybe have a chance of moving into the top six if he gets off to a good start? What, what are we looking at from Dadnoff? No, I think he has a, he has a shot. I, I don't know if he would be in the top six because I don't know if they have any interest in breaking up that what they call the misfit line. I mean, if they're content with the first two lines, and he has to be on the third line, you know, I, yeah, I, I would like, you know, at least to, to see one game or one practice where they, you know, here comes the coach with the chart and said, who is our best center on the team? Is if it's Carlson, he's the number one center, and, and and line up your team that way, and let's see what they have. Put your best with the best, and see what they what they have, but. You know, he he's he sort of just wants that uh, the Carlson, Marshall, Smith line together. So, if that's the case, then yeah, Dandenoff is going to be playing on the third line unless uh, someone in the top six gets hurt. You know, Mike, you made a good point. Brian's brought this up before too. Not not just in the preseason, in the regular season with this team, because this division, you know, should be a cakewalk for them. And now you got to be careful with that, but um, they should definitely make the playoffs. Even during the regular season, Mike, mix some things up and, and look look at who plays well with who because they just are not scoring enough in the playoffs. You've got to find a way to get a, a, you know a little more scoring in the playoffs. And I, th- I, th- I think even in the regular season, again, because the division is not that strong, that, that, that they should do I, – I, I, unfortunately, I don't think they will, but I, but I think they should. Yeah, you know, it's always good to, you know, mix and match because eventually you're going to have to do that anyways because of injuries. Right. Uh, so you want other players to get used to playing with other uh, other line mates. But, yeah, you're right that, they, you know, bottom line is if everyone's healthy, this is our lineup and we're not changing it. And who you know, knows, it, Mike, if you were willing to do that, you might fall into something that you didn't had no clue would work, and yet it does. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I just look at this team and I said, boy, you know what? I would love to see a Stevenson and Tuck on the same line for a 
an extended period of time and see which uh, which teams can keep up with them too. You know, I'm looking at the rookie roster. I mean, I, I think Dorfeyev will be interesting to watch and Dugan because Dugan Dugan is uh, you know, a pretty interesting guy. And you know, we've talked about Krebs. The, I don't see him on the roster for rookie camp, but. How big, Mike? I mean, you, you and I have talked about this Michigan team. Owen Power, Berniers, uh, you know, they should, should, you know, make the Frozen Four. Should, you know, win the whole thing. That doesn't mean you will. But how big a year do you think this is, and how beneficial do you think it would be for a kid like Brisson that you know, he's playing with the Wolverines? I mean, how much might that? maybe expedite his development being in that situation? Well, it, it could, but then again, Michigan uh, hockey has already started their practices. Right. So he's going against, you know, first-round picks also in practice. So it's not, you know, uh, these guys are going to be uh, pretty well prepared. So I, I, I think you're, you know, you just hope Rasan, he's probably going to be, you know, he's probably going to be a third liner, but the, you know, a third line on a team like Michigan is pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, we'll, we'll see what Brisson does and, you know, we'll see, I have a feeling that all these guys right after their uh, season is over, uh, in Ann Arbor will be signing their pro contracts. Did you find out about, I'm looking them up now. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's, that's, that's old. I, I wonder if, how often these guys might be on TV? I'm not sure, but they will be on TV. I guarantee you that. Yeah, I guess there's probably some contractual issues, uh, you know, ESPN, say, and, and the NC2A and whatever. But, but man, as much as they – I'll, I'll be looking for them. I, if there's any way to get that done, the, the, but, somebody's going to figure out a way to get it Mike, done. Mike, you follow this stuff. Um, like the, the Big Ten Network, do they uh, – do they show a lot of hockey? Yeah, they do. They do during the week. They show uh, they show hockey, and I think you'll see it uh, picking up even more. Uh, you know, if they don't have a college football game to, to uh, show that, uh, you know, they really like uh, showing, uh, you know, live sports. So the hockey, they, they showed quite a few games last year, and I think they'll probably uh, even expand it this year. You know, along those lines, we know that they're going to be on TV. And, and again, every game – for Michigan this year is going to feel like a big game. I, th- I think that'll help, you know, development of these guys, including Brisson, and just you know, oh, you're they're going to get everybody's big... best shot, right? And, and, and just playing in big games, and I, I think that will help prepare them for professional hockey. Well, the what the I think that it, it's definitely going to. They're going to be have the bullseye on their backs uh, every time they step out on the ice. Uh, all the pressure's on them, and I think that's great for them. But I think the the big thing is last year. You have to remember. Uh, school was all online. They weren't allowed, you know, to do basically anything except stay in their rooms and, you know, do all their online schooling. And, you know, they, they, you know, they were able to make the tournament and then they got, uh, they weren't allowed to participate because of COVID. These guys get to actually enjoy a year of college and that developmental on a personal front is, uh, is huge also. There were a couple of guys, and this was after, um, uh, the year that I saw Venice and, and Colasar and Tuck. Um, but a, a guy like Paul Cotter and, uh, and uh, Bra- Braden Cruz, Brandon Cruz, those two guys kind of stuck out to me 
later on for the Knights. How are those guys developing in your mind, uh, Mike? Well, I, 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 you know, it'll be interesting to see when camp starts what Dugan looks like. Okay. Uh, I just, I, I, I like the kid. Uh, you know, is he is he fast enough to uh, uh, to play in the NHL? I think that's you know he has to get his skating up. Uh, I think he has a good shot. And, uh, we'll see. We'll see if he uh, does. You know, the one one guy I'm looking forward to seeing in the uh, in the prospect tournament for uh, Vegas is uh, Zach Dean, their mm-hmm. uh, draft pick from this year. I think he uh, he definitely could be an NHLer in uh, in three four years. You know, again, we say this all the time. You can play yourself out of the playoffs in the first month. I, you know, obviously Vegas and the Pacific, not that big a deal. But I just felt like taking a peek. Looking at the schedule coming out of the gate, you know, you get Seattle. You know, they're going to have a bounce in their step. But at T-Mobile, that'll be nuts. Then they're at L.A. Then St. Louis and Edmonton and the Islanders. That's a that's an interesting little three-game homestand there uh, that will tell you some stuff. Then at Colorado, at Dallas. Anaheim here. Then, Mike, pretty early on, you're sitting there with a four-game Eastern road swing at Toronto, at Ottawa, at Montreal, at Detroit. It's funny. Like, well, isn't this idiot reading a schedule on a radio show? Gee, thanks for nothing. Well, wait a minute. You were sitting there, you know, jerking around playing the division last year. This is a hockey season again. I mean, this is 82 games. We're back in it where you start looking. What are you playing? Uh, you know, you know, four games in a week or six and ten and that stuff. In the and trips. all the travel now, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at the first handful of games, you know, they, they, you know, to round out October, they're okay. You know, they do have back to back nights, which is going to be tough when they go to Colorado and Dallas back to back nights. Yeah, uh, and then the, you got the road trip. Uh, uh, to Eastern Canada with Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, then Detroit, and then they got a big, uh, uh, a big homestand. Basically, they have only have two road games after that uh, in, the, in the in the month of uh, November. They got to have a good start. That you know that uh, six game homestand that they have uh, in November after they come back from uh, the East Coast. That's going to be big. They got to get out on the right foot, and I think the teams are playing there. You know, Seattle, Minnesota, Vancouver. Carolina, good game. Detroit, Columbus, they, they got to rack up some points there. Yeah, you know, they should cakewalk through, as people say in the in the in the Pacific. I don't know if it's going to be a cakewalk, but they should win it without you know having to uh, win their last two or three games. But you got to earn your points uh, early on. I mean, two points in November is the same as two points in April. Yep. So you got to crack your points when you can get them. You know. I'm curious, again, it's kind of a sports talk fodder thing, but not really. If you think about it, we had the shortened year where they went to the bubble, and what was it, seven teams that were off God knows how many months. Then they come back, memory, was it 56, right? 56 last year? Yep, I believe so. And now all of a sudden, Mike, now you're asking these guys you know, to, to play 82 games before you get to the Stanley Cup tournament. I mean, you got to manage minutes and goalies, and uh, you know we haven't seen this in two full years. Yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how a lot of teams manage. And you know, the, the the thing is that the good teams that are you know you look at Vegas or the Tampa Bay's or anything like that, 
they're the ones that are tight against the cap, and they don't, you know, they may only carry 13 forwards. So, you know, the, the teams that are, at the, you know, finish at the bottom that haven't played nearly as much hockey as the, the teams like Tampa that have gone uh, on to play in the Cup two years in a row, uh, not only do they have a bigger roster, but they have had a lot more rest. And it's going to be interesting when you get down to uh, uh, next year in the spring to see how much is in the gas tank of these teams that have been uh, playing for uh, the last two years deep into the playoffs. I think it's going to be a very interesting season. Your your thoughts on Seattle, Mike? How do you think uh, Francis did in, in putting that team together? Again, he wasn't going to get the advantage that the Knights got because the GMs were, were not going to fall into that trap again. But I, I thought he did a decent job putting this team together, and I, I think they'll compete in the Pacific Division. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I was I was underwhelmed with the uh, expansion draft. I wasn't, uh, you know, I thought he could have probably picked up some, uh, some better players, but uh, I think he did very well in uh, the free agency part of it. And, you know, whenever you have a goalie that can uh, can carry you and they have Grubauer and Dredger there, that uh, they're going to be able to keep people uh, – they're going to keep their team in uh, in games. And I think they did a good job on uh, defense too. So it, the, the question is, you know, have they found enough scoring? But, uh, you know, if their defense and goalies play well, I think, uh, you know, they're – they're a team that they could fight for a playoff spot. Hey, by the way, from a value thing, oh, I turned it off. I had it open. The Be Connected mobile app, I can get it back real quick. Uh, you've got hockey goodies that are up there. By the way, the prop wagerings and all the cool stuff you're doing on all these football games, uh, outstanding. But you have hockey stuff. You had odds up to win the Hart, Norris, and Vesna. I know you'll have regular season points and all that stuff. That's to come. And, of course, as I'm trying to find it, when I found it so easily before, here we go. The Vesna, I'm wondering, would uh, Grubauer be an interesting guy for the Vesna? If Seattle's, you know, in the hunt, if Seattle found a way in the division, he's 19-1. to 1. And what, what if Grubauer stands on his head? I mean, he's... You know, it wouldn't be like, oh, hey, they won a division. The expectations for him, he'd get votes because he got an expansion team in the playoffs. I wonder if at nineteen to one, Grubauer is not a guy you take a look at. Yeah, uh, he could be. I, I think uh, the interesting thing was, you know, what what split is Grubauer and Dreider going to do up there in Seattle? Uh, you know, is Grubauer going to get as many games as he did when he was in Colorado, or do they, uh, you know? Don't don't put him in as much, but yeah, I I think that you know if he's the main goalie and he gets Seattle into the uh, into the playoffs, he's definitely going to be in that discussion. I'm going to be watching him this year just to see how how this year goes for him. He he was a guy when I first saw him in Washington. I, I liked him a lot. Thought you know he could be a number one guy somewhere. He goes to Colorado and injuries there. Now last year. Uh, he, he got in the full season, but injuries were a concern before last season for me with him. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes this year. I, he'll, he'll probably do well. Again, he's got a good defense in front of him, Mike, as you mentioned. Unless he makes a big splash, Mike, before camp here, and you know somebody big comes in, are they following the path we thought the Golden Knights were about to 
before they came out of the gate like a lightning bolt in the first year? Uh, you know what? It's a little bit. Yeah, you know, you you know, you get, you bring in a veteran goalie like Grubauer to uh, uh, you know, to keep the team settled down like uh, you know, Detroit or Detroit uh, Vegas did with uh, Flurry. And then uh, you look for a lot of the young guys that uh, you know you can you can build around, and you know we'll just have, you know you you bring a couple of veterans in uh, that you can flip. So I, I think a lot of it did uh, resemble uh, what Vegas did. I think a lot of the, the additions, though, uh, to, to really compare them, you have to compare what Seattle did both not only the draft but also in free agency. They're interesting. I, you know, I honestly, if we just go back to that first year here. No one had any expectations for the Golden Knights. Come on, right? No one did. No one. The, these guys. I, well, I look at these guys. Like I looked at the Vegas thing. Like the first year, it's like I don't know. Yeah, James Neal can put it in. Maybe the, you know, low scoring games. Maybe they they hang around on the power play and if, let's see what Flurry does. And then Flurry plays lights out. I mean, what you know. Kind of re, a rebirth of his career, but I look at the Seattle team, Mike. I mean, it looks to me like gain the red line, dump it in, you know, bang bodies, play a physical game, try to score a goal or two, kicking the tires on the on special teams, hang around in low scoring games, and you got the goalie. I mean, that's what they look like on paper. Yeah, that's what it looks like on paper. It'll be interesting to see how they, you know, possibly it's weird to say this, but the, you know, maybe the best thing. Uh, for Seattle in their future is for them not to make the playoffs this year because, you know, you look at some of the guys on their team, uh, you know, come trade deadline, the same is for Vegas, but, you know, we know what happened there. Uh, quite a few of their guys have some trade value come a trade deadline. There's and, you no know, they doubt. Can, they can get a haul for a lot of these guys and, you know, really build for a future. Well, and next year, I mean, Forget Shane Wright. Maybe maybe the ping pong bounces your way, ping pong ball. But that's a really deep draft. So all of a sudden you got a Beneers coming out of Michigan. God knows what you get at the top end of, the, of a draft next year. I mean, yeah, a young team. I mean, that's why as as grisly and as horrid as you know, the Sabres prospects are this year, I look at them where they're doing the right thing. You can have a bunch of kids growing up together. And, you know, at some point, if they're good, you run into a problem having to pay them all, you know, kind of at the same time. But I, I think that's a way to go. If, if you've got some high-end talent, let them grow up together and be, you know, not all superstars. Let these kids grow up and bloom together as a team. That's a different way to go. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it, it, that's the way to go if you're a rebuilding team. Uh, you know, to me... I don't like a lot of things. You know, it's a half rebuild, then you go for it with free agents. Yeah, you're treading you water know, all the you, time. If, and that's the one thing that really scares me about uh, about Vegas themselves is, you know, you're going to have to bring some of these young guys up. But, you know, you look at, you know, Patch Reddy and Marsha Show and Smith. I mean, they're not entering their prime. I mean, they're they're at the end of their prime here. You know, Patch Reddy's 32. You know, he's only got two more years left, but. You know, is there anyone sitting in the wings waiting to re- replace Max Pacioretty? I mean, I don't see anyone in Henderson that uh, you look at and say, "Well, I think this guy could score thirty in the NHL." I don't, I don't see that. So, 
Well, you know, cl- you clearly you they're, like they're Theodore and Haig and, yeah. and, you know, the, the Waz and the Colasars, but, you know, and then you jump forward to the guys that in three years aren't going to be around anyway. So it's, it's you know, it's kind of a... Well, you, from a campers... See what's going to happen here in a few years. Clearly, they always will have... They've got the resources. That doesn't mean you have the cap space. They've got the resources to always be involved, you know, throwing a hook in the water and getting yourself a free agent. But clearly, Mike, it's it's more than that. Yeah, well, we okay, we moved the money. In it. At some point, this is going to become a very old roster uh, unless you're able to get an infusion of youth. And there, there's got to there's got to be a way to you know, transition this into getting youth to be a factor here. Yep, and there's only one way to infuse uh, the youth, and that's through the draft. So, you know, it's nice for a while that you can trade draft picks and bring in big free agents, but eventually uh, you're going to have to call upon your minor league team to to bring up some guys. And uh, it's a lot easier if you have first and second round picks down there playing. You have a lot better shot than – trying to bring up someone that you drafted in the sixth round. Well, the, the good news is it's going to be quite a while, you know, until this thing conceivably would go off the tracks here. But the window to win the whole thing, that window, it's there. It's there right now. I mean, in the next two, three years. Again, we've been saying it's amazing in their first four years, the window was open. That window remains open. But it's going to start to, uh, you know, you're going to need to put some 10W40 on that windowsill because it's going to start to squeak. No, you're right. Uh, you know, the, they're, they're still there. Uh, but, yeah, every year that the window gets uh, uh, shut a little bit more. So, yeah, you know, within the next year or two, they really got to make a make – a, make the best of it because you're right you know this this roster is going to get older and then you look for the you know where's your next patch ready and marcia show and uh players like that and right now they're not in the minor leagues either they're not in henderson you don't have a i don't see a future 30 goal scorer sitting in henderson mike lewis at vegas lou on twitter one of our favorites by the way the be connected mobile app for football the in-game props I mean, the props available on every game. Amazing, Mike. I mean, I yesterday, I mean, I was doing, you know, diving more into the props than the games themselves. The offerings were there and plentiful. Uh, might that be the case come hockey? Might we get prop player props on individual hockey games when that gets here? I'm, I'm hoping so. And, you know, with, uh, with new TV contracts and maybe more TV exposure, that'll happen. And uh, you're right. I mean, it, it turns every NFL game into like the Super Bowl with how many props we have on every game. Yeah, no, awesome. Great stuff, Mike. The information is always greatly appreciated. Uh, enjoy the Monday night game, and we'll talk to you soon about the hockey, bud. Thank you. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Our buddy Mike Lewis, one of the best. By the way, uh, real quick, in the NFL, Fitzmagic, six to eight weeks now. Yeah. At least. Well, well, well it's a hip. Yeah, did it's, you it's, say it was broken? It's dislocated. It's a, it's a subluxation, subluxation yeah, yes. which means dislocated. It's those are extremely painful, Brian. Six to eight weeks at least for him. All right.
I got to do the Joey Chetwood racing home. I'll be on the NHL Network at two thirty with uh, Mick Kern. So, it's coming. Yeah, oh, yeah. Every, I mean, it is right here, bud. Yeah, it is. We're looking at hockey in in one month. NHL hockey. All right, we're going to get great guests for you throughout the course of the week on both our programs. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, eleven to one. Vegas Hockey, Allen one to two. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Thanks to Mike Lewis. TC's coming up next. Have a great day, everybody.